Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Michael Daniels, and we got a special guest again with us in the studio this week, Bill. Hello, everybody. Yay, Mr. Bill Haig. Yay, there's applause. The we don't have laugh tracks. We should have laugh tracks. Golf clap. tracks. <laughs> one, one show, we should just have all those like little sound, sound bites the whole time, like we're in a in-studio audience type thing. TV sitcom La- world. Filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> right, that would be great. Uh, we should say a, a fake studio audience is what we mean. Mm. But actually, this is uh, Bill is in in studio at this point. Bill's down at in Bloomington with me here here today. We're actually doing the one inside, but Mr. Dennis is still on our remote. Go. Sometimes we're here. Sometimes we're there. Yep. A couple yep. weeks for you. You're back in. Like, when are you coming back in town? Um, I don't. I don't think I'll be back down that way before Gen Con. Oh man, okay. Gen, so Gen Con to... is a is a mere fifty seven days away. We're, we're. I wonder if we can figure out some kind of live recording where it's kind of like you hear the thing in the background, but it's just us. We'd have to have better gear probably to to record with a multitude of million people. Uh, even if uh, yeah, or ladies. or we just just set up a couple omnidirectional mics and just let it go uh, at it. So who knows? We may we may be broadcasting live from from Gen Con. That be our next one. Will be our our the front porch live. Hey, Dennis, how's your house coming? You better ready to move back yet? Uh, n- no, not yet. I spent <laughs> I spent both of my half days last week traveling, um, as as you recall, and uh, so I made it I made it over there over the weekend to uh, to get the lawn mowed, um, and then spent most of Saturday here at mom and dad's because, um, as listeners of the show will know, my my dad is down in Florida for a couple weeks, and so I'm in charge or was of of mowing his place they have a small farm so it's a much larger ordeal and uh his zero turn riding mower would not start something ignition switch or something and i bought a replacement switch that didn't work i spent the whole afternoon messing around with that eventually I had to order a new part online and we got uh some family friends came over and uh and mowed it for us but uh yeah that was my that was my adventure last weekend. That was your adventure for for not doing the housework, though. It's uh it's, it's yeah, one more no, week. No, you no, see, you see the difficulty I had, Bill, as a listener to the show. We keep trying to encourage speed. It's not working out. We <laughs> we're trying hard. It's a it's a thing. Yeah, it's a, it's getting to summer. You know, usually one of my two half days I end up mowing, and then <laughs> there's always always some other difficulty. Of course, my Parents' family business is operating a, a man down with my with my dad not here, so I have to right. cover with them, cover help them cover stuff. They've got puppies right. imminent all the time. He's a uh, dog breeder. Oh, okay. His parents are dog breeders. Yeah, they should. Good thing they're not cat breeders. Ugh. What worse. kind of dogs? Uh, English cream golden retrievers. Uh, you uh, cannot talk to my daughter then. It's, <laughs> you're not allowed. <laughs> racist yeah. you're they're, a dog racist no she just wants one of those really bad no no yeah, I, I call the very... dennis's parents dog racists <laughs> right <laughs> they're going for the master race is all they're doing they're they're very popular they've also done a couple litters of um the golden doodles which are becoming popular it's a it's a golden retriever mm-hmm. poodle mix mm-hmm. all right so do you have to have like english creams are... and a whole bunch of golden retrievers and have sex is that what you, uh, you can do n- n- no they use uh surgical insemination that is so boring. 
does not no. sound like a fun yeah. time at the Rogers house at all. I, I think there's a turkey baster involved. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Never mind. Forget it. I was thinking more of needles. Now you're going that way. Uh, the I, I have no it's idea. It's the extraction of the... I, I assume it's needles, yes. Oh, God. All right. All right. Enough of that. Enough of that. So what did you do this last week? Anything fun? Like, uh, did you play any games? I mean, not that much, man. We we recorded on Wednesday, so it's only been like oh, three yeah. days since since I talked to you. But um, let's see what what you had something over the weekend, do? right? You had to. I have mean, at least have we, some kind of adventure. Yeah, I mean, we can't go a whole week without uh, without mentioning Lord of the Rings LCG. Uh, <laughs> I, did, I did play one quick game of that. Not much to report. It was the third quest in the Kazadun expansion, which is supposed to be yeah. the most difficult in the. Um, in the in the expansion, but uh, it I pulled the quest that is the one you need to win first, and then your two options are to either put it at the bottom or draw an encounter card. And if that encounter card is treachery, the player who pulled it is out of the game. So in a solo game, it's like, well, this is my first turn, but I guess I'll pull this. And if it's treachery, then I lost. And oh, yeah. it turned out it turned out not to be treachery, and I just beasted through the rest of it in like four, maybe five turns. So ah. nothing, nothing too eventful there. Um, the other thing we did is uh, is we finally got that multiplayer Factorio going. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Friday night. There's so for Bill and for other people who don't know what Factorio is, it's a a game that's it's on the PC. Um, it is just PC, right? I don't think it's anything else. Well, um, no, no consoles, but it's uh, it's it's Mac and Linux. It's cross PC. Oh, so so PC uh, only is what you're saying. <laughs> now, the, uh, so it, what it is, Bill? It's um, I the best thing I can equate it to that you might have played or know of is like a Sim City isk type game, but you're not building cities okay. or anything, or you're just building tech tree things. Like I need um, a power plant to make um, oil to make a car, and then I need, but I need to to produce rubber first. So I got to chop down trees to make rubber. Mm-hmm, you know, what I'm talking mm-hmm. about those kind of games. Um, so it's the, sort of the name, it's sort of factory factory assembly line logistics kind of simulator. And I think, uh, Mike, this was the first time you ever played, wasn't it? Yeah, it was and the, the big thing about like that got me to play it was the fact that we had, uh, um, well, actually, Dennis hosted a server, so it's a multiplayer, so that we can instead of me just getting on. And if, again, if you think of like a Sim City or something, that you play it multiplayer, sure. where you know what you go over there and you build your part of the city that helps me with the power grid. So your job is kind of do power grid, and I'll do uh, car manufacturing okay. or something, you know. And then while we can do it in single player, it takes a lot longer. But all of us have our own little, you know, so things. And plus, playing almost a co-op Sim City, Starcraft, power grid, just not. PvP. Yes, right. And there's and what makes it, I guess, might be a little interesting or annoying is that there's aliens on the map too. So periodically, depending on your pollution that you're creating, more, the aliens will attack your city. So you have to like also be building up a military and stuff like that to, to fight them off. Yeah, it's um, like just yeah. the well, it's not just, but it's it's like if you imagine just the resource and base defense aspects of a real time strategy game with none of like the Starcraft. None of the overt combat, like yeah, units, not a lot or anything. Of combat, yeah. Right, but which which kind of makes it sound boring. And I will say, I'm not sure that this game will will hold my interest for a long time. Probably because we're, I mean, you've played it 
this weekend more than I have. I played it Friday and I haven't played it since. And I know that you and our, our buddy Zahn has played it at least a couple of days. So yeah, I have a feeling so, that I'm, I'm going to hop on and the game's almost finished. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a unique thing. I mean, it's, it's up in the list, you know, probably nowhere near the top, but it's up in my list of most hours in games that my top two, I'm sure are world of Warcraft and Minecraft. Um, yeah. But this one's up there because it's it's just a sense of like in the very in the very start of the game, you chop down some trees and you dig up some iron and then you build a machine that mines the iron for you. Then yeah. you got to cook the iron and you go from there to eventually building a rocket that can be launched from the planet. And it takes and that's the wind condition. Yeah, it takes hours and hours. And I've only gotten to the wind condition once like I'll. I'll go for a while for, you know, cumulative like 10, 20 hours in a, in a game over days, you know, not all at once, obviously. Right. And then decide, you know, I want to try it with like, there's a, there's an extensive mod community for this game. And so I'll go, oh, I kind of want to try this with this mod that makes this aspect of it a little bit different or this, and then I'll start over and then I'll quit for a couple months because it sucks up so much of my time and then come back to it and of course start over like I it's whatever some some weird weird psychological aspect to it but um it was kind of interesting this playing multiplayer which I've tried a couple times with strangers but not um actually our buddy Blake and I started a game once a few months ago that's why I had the server half set up I just had to update it and everything when we played but it was interesting because our buddy Aaron has played probably as much as I have. And so we both have pretty good idea of like what has to happen in what sequence and how you sort of optimize your space. And our buddy Zahn got on a week or so ago. And so he's been playing single player and getting, you know, some sense for um, for how things work. And he's, you know, we've he hasn't been on the show but we've talked about him and and his brother pete they're very like strategic logistic kind of st strategic thinkers did i say strategic and, and zon's a professional programmer right right and so so he picks up on stuff pretty quick and then so we're the three of us plus you being a complete first timer playing this game and so a couple times i got on and i was like oh well we're gonna need to do this and this but i'm not i'm holding off because it's the sort of thing where you struggle through it the first and maybe second time you play. And as you go forward, maybe you Google stuff. Maybe you do the math yourself. Um, you learn how stuff works. And it's never the same as the first time you play and everything is just a complete chaos of belts and um, yeah. whatnot. Well, the the, the thing that, that I most worry about with the game is why I like it. I don't think it scales so well for multiplayer. In that, you know, because like you said, it takes you hours and hours and hours to get through and beat the game finally. But this feels like it's going to go so quick because we just do everything so... It's like we have four times the resources and four oh, times the, the manpower, but yeah, the, the I goals mean, and the time is exactly still the same. I mean, when, so, I'm playing, when I'm playing single player, it's sort of like a, um, you know, it's like the, the little Dutch boy metaphor with the finger in the in the dike like you're you know i'm building up something and i'm like okay we're gonna we're running low on iron so we gotta expand out here and get some more 
And while I'm doing that, nothing else is is being worked on. And so maybe we also run out of copper or maybe some part of the base is getting attacked and we got to beef up the defense over there. Well, if I'm playing single player, I have to stop one thing and go and I'm constantly like running around putting out fires as it were. And if you're right. playing with if you're playing with several people, I got on a multiplayer um map the first time I did this, I got on a new map and you know, played for like half an hour and then logged off and did some work for work and got on like 3 4 hours later and they had already launched the rocket. But it yeah, was, you right. know, they had like a dozen people. And so, right. yeah, it's a very different experience. Yeah. You had said that, or it was you or Zahn or somebody had said that the game was mainly what they people do it is for, for speed runs. It's not like, you know, who, how fast you can get the rocket up, which is something that's fine. And I, I, I think the game, but I'm not sure that it's going to have a long lasting impression on me. I, I enjoy it because we're all four of my buddy or three of my buddies together. We're going to be playing together. And that's fine. Yeah, it's. It's you know one I mean? of those games like um, Minecraft is I this play, way. I wouldn't play it if I, it was just me on there. I would go play a single sure, player version. Sure, I've, I've done this with Minecraft. I did it with Space Engineers. Um, didn't really get into Medieval Engineers, but I played Space Engineers for a couple months. It's that exact kind of game where I can get on and just, you know, grind away at something. Like, oh, I've got to, you know, break up this mountain so that I can build this you know tower here in in minecraft yeah. or whatever and it's the kind of thing that i can just zone out on for hours right, for, right. yeah for that, it, does, it does seem like that i mean that's something that like uh, the sim city or stuff like that did did for me as well it's just you know i just want to yeah, destroy the a mountain and then make a tunnel cities. system yeah you just do one piece hey bill did you ever you played you played starcraft original with me starcraft right back in starcraft 2 i believe yeah I, I didn't know if you played the second one uh, yeah, Brood Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah right? the expansion. Yeah, yeah, because we, we used to play, I mean, I know it's not a real-time strategy, but it has elements of that city-building type thing to it. Um, Bill and I used to play, when we went to um, Indiana State University together, um, back before I went to IU, they um, they had it, what, the computer yep. lab, is that what it was? And that was in the Wild West days of computer labs, where right, everything yeah. was unlocked, and you could just insert disks and just do whatever you wanted, <laughs> um, which was pretty crazy now that I think about it, but... You would go in there. Starcraft and had, had that uh, had that spawn mode where, like, you could you could load up like like sub sub clients of the one copy of the game. Yep. Oh, I, yep. Don't, oh I never God. saw any other game, but no, no, we we did that with that one and and a lot of things, Hexen yeah, and Doom and uh, and then what was great was that we would have we would go into the lab and the first thing we would do is what was it called PCNet? Was it like there was a a server or a drive called PCNet or something. Install it on there. And you'd open it up and yeah, and you'd see that someone had had left copies of whatever game was out there in the day. And then you'd play it. And they did and the the people in the labs didn't mind it, that you played it as long as the lab wasn't full. If the lab was full, then they kick you off. So we would end up going like at midnight, one in the morning, and we'd load up StarCraft two. Like we even had eight player StarCraft at one point. It was great because People would join in because everyone, a lot of people ended up figuring out how that worked. So let's say Bill and I would play, we'd be playing and then we start another game up and we'd sit there and you'd see someone else jump in randomly. That's in the lab somewhere look around like, mm-hmm. oh, it's that guy. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's like an open land. So it became like an open land. And eventually you almost form a little bit of a camaraderie camaraderie so much because the guy two seats from you is on the blue team. And Bill's on the red team, so you'd start a little trash talking late at night with somebody you don't know. Right, or, right. You know, we're going to kick his ass, things, or he's going to, you know, stuff like that. Um, so that was that's that was really a, an experience you can't do. It's a, 
the best way to describe it is a LAN pickup game thing, right? You know, just StarCraft running in the What do we play Descent to all hours of the morning? Oh, Descent. Oh, man. Oh, that man. was Walk so out there, good. Your eyeballs are bleeding. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, for, I'd forgotten about Descent. That was the first, like, truly 3D. Not really a shooter, though, sort of. Not oh, a yeah, shooter, we turned right? into a shooter. Yeah. 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 Uh, the 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 thing about that one is great because it had like two maps that were really good the first two maps and then because the game I guess they they may have built it with a single player type thing in mind and it had a progressively difficult maps and that was before when game designers and developers had realized that maps are the only thing in these kind of multiplayer games that matter I mean maps mm-hmm. are what are is is important as mechanics so. You can only play the first two maps multiplayer because the other ones got so big, so large, so complex, and you could never find each other. And, you know, yeah. that was fine if you're playing single player. But, um, yeah. So, anyway, we, we'd play two maps, and you know them so well. It's just like nowadays when they only have, like, three maps in Call of Duty or something that people play over and over and over again. Overwatch. Yeah, that reminds play, me of... Um, Overwatch, right, Phil? You I don't do play not. Overwatch, right? I did not get in on the Overwatch boat. Sounds like a game I would have I know played. You're a, I know you're a modern uh, warfare person. Uh, right? Call of Duty, but it's World War II right now. So. Uh, World War II, yeah, mo- not yeah. modern warfare. How is that? How is, how is playing... I, I loved like Battlefield, and I loved all the, the modern-day Battlefield stuff, but how is it going back and having to play with like just a horse and a, and a rifle? Single bolt action. Well, they, from my recollection, they didn't use a lot of horses in World War II. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say or one, yeah, one, one was. was that was Battlefield. So World War Two, Battlefield Call of Duty, One, right, still the same. The bullets come at you just as fast. They still kill you. You're not paying attention. But it's but it's not like not, not so much, and you don't have the wall jumping, of course, and the jetpacks and all that nonsense. <laughs> Which that's the fun part for me. Is that's what everybody like, started complaining about, and everybody really enjoyed it. So, and then you get the did, historical yeah. thing. Hey, my grandfather was in this, or you know, or you know, somebody had a grandfather participated. So it's still kind of yeah. cool America feel to it. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't get to throw mustard gas. Oh, uh, there are you know grenades. Use chemical warfare. You put your gas mask on. <laughs> you don't get to kill people from nerve mm-hmm. agents. Yeah, because that was actually World War One. Hey, did you see? Uh, were you in when you played that game? Did you see like this uh, uh, Greek woman get on the field and put her shield up? And no, I'm waiting you? for the uh, Wonder Woman patch to come out <laughs> for Battlefield One. <laughs> You you never you, you're not a, a a shooter guide at all, right, Dennis? I mean, you know, even, I mean, even blizzards one couldn't get you into it. Yeah, I mean, at this at this point, not really. It's too the 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 learning curve is too frustrating for me. Like, even if I could learn all of the like nuances of strategy and stuff, I still wouldn't have the the kind of reflexes to yeah. to be able to aim and shoot. But you know, I've I played all the. All the big ones that everybody knows, you know, original Wolfenstein, yeah. a little bit of Doom, Goldeneye, uh, you know, when I when I first played Halo, I was like, oh, this thing with two analog sticks, this is how this is supposed to work. Like, oh, yeah, Goldeneye was a lot of fun, but it's, you know, when when you get two analog sticks, it really comes alive. And I played a few of the Halos, you know, on lands like I never got on Xbox Live or anything like that. But uh, yeah. Um, and I tried, I've tried a couple of newer ones, you know, I tried Overwatch a couple times. It's hugely successful. I tried Fortnite like twice and was like, yeah, I see why this is cool, but nobody I know is yeah, into Bill, it. Have you so. picked up Fortnite? You should I play did. Fortnite. I did not. I did not. 
I just, yeah, again, it's one of those things all of a sudden I'm like, hey, this game seems somewhat popular, and that was two months ago. Yeah, right. And then, you know, now you know life, too many things happen, and you're like, oh, whoops. Yeah, these days. These yeah, days for sure. Yeah. Well, it's, it's sure. hard to see things like I just believed. I think Overwatch is just coming into their first anniversary, maybe second anniversary at most, and it feels like it's been out 10 years. Because <laughs> that's way how fast these game mm-hmm. things go these days. You know, evidently, I mean, with the iterations of uh, Battlefield and um, Call of Duty, every year sure. is a new one, and then they have like split ones where there's yeah, like they have now year, like three different, different companies are producing them like every other <laughs> years. Right. Yeah. Which which is diluted a lot for me. I I, I will agree though, Dennis. I, I it was a long time when I didn't get into to them. That wasn't really great at them. I and I felt the same way that I I, I just could not get that Twitch skills up. Bill well, was, Bill's and- always been good at them. But I've never the had other, that instant thing. The other aspect of that for me is that um, I'm still playing Heroes of the Storm almost every day, at least a couple a couple matches, even if it's just quick match or whatever. And that sort of scratches that competitive, you know, high pressure, quote unquote, itch for me. I don't have, you know, it's like it's like trying to play two MMOs at the same time, which I've done sure, for sure. brief periods, but it's kind of... Uh, that feeds that uh, feeds your PvP enough. That 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 way lies madness, right? Yeah, there, there was there was a, a a good split that I think in first person shooters, Bill, the way that the different ways that we played that you and I figured out a long time ago, and we refer to it as the Twitch gamers. And it's funny that there's a whole thing called Twitch yeah. now, but um, is that uh, I expect that's intentional. For, forgive me if if I call you wrong on this, but I would say that Bill was more centered towards a Twitch player. Than sure. say I was, and, and and what I would say games like that was more like um, Call of Duty franchises where it's like boom 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 shoot shoot fast you got two shots and then you die and then three seconds later you're up again shoot 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 fast 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 go it's like it's just high pressure constantly quick 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 type stuff and whereas my kind of a shooter was always you know run out look for the thing hide go around the corner okay shoot a little bit oh I got hit dodge roll uh, do some special moves and then die and okay you got thirty seconds you know. Um, which has had a lot more of a kind of a strategic thing. Sure, but, but if you're good enough at it, you go out, you shoot, 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 you knock down 10 or 15 people before you get shot, and then you start getting the perks, and then you become the man. <laughs> right, right. Which I could, that's the thing, is I could never hit that. I could never hit that, those those caps of that goodness. But So I ended up playing, the game that got me to start really liking it more was um, Team Fortress mm-hmm. 2. I think everybody kind of broke in, a lot of people broke into first-person shooters, at least on PC with that. And believe it or not, I played it on I'll say, yeah, it was popular enough, they re-released it on the PlayStation 2 or 3. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. It was 3. I think it was 3. Uh, I got it, and it was cheap. It was in a thing. Not a lot of people were on the It came with Half-Life, game, too. It, it did, and it came, it was called the Orange Box, right. is what it was on there. Um, so I got on it, and um, I really, I really enjoyed it. It was simple enough, the fact that yeah, there was Twitch gamers, but it felt a little balanced because I could play the classes that weren't Twitch based. The word was simple. Simple. That's right. <laughs> it was simple enough, right? It was that I could I could play like the heavy who just instead of aiming, I had to just hold the button down and it was just, you know, and then I'd have a ton of hit points and couldn't die. Um, that's that's I, what people say. That's what some of our friends and and people online say about Overwatch, and of course, Overwatch and. What's the one you were playing, Mike? Paladins? Paladins, yeah. I want to say Paladins. And yep. even Fortnite to an extent, all of these like sort of cel-shaded, car- not not quite cartoony style, um, art style shooters are all, you know, 
spiritual successors of Team Fortress 2. For right. sure. Right. Well, I, I periodically will have the itch. Not not as much as I used to. I, I know that you, Bill, have still stayed with the first-person shooters a lot more than, than I have. It might be because you have a lot more friends that are playing with it at the same time. I have I do play Paladins and Overwatch, and, and nowadays I don't play it very often unless, unless the guys are playing it. Um, I even bought the second copy of Overwatch so I can play it on PC just so that I could play you know, with them, which is pretty cool. But Yeah, and with um, Call of Duty, too, I remember, I think once Stu even referred to it as like almost instant gratification. Right. It, it is right. that, and that's what always kind of started with me on that series. Right. I guess I could hop on, play the game for 30 minutes, and have fun. Yep. Whereas when we go back to MMOs, you have to dedicate an entire afternoon or right. night or weekend <laughs> to get anywhere. And that was always my deal. I was like, you know, I'm good at this. I can play 10 minutes yep. or 30 minutes, be done, versus sitting in front of the PC for six, seven, eight hours totally. to grind it totally. out. I mean, grind yeah, and fun, but, you know, there's a whole world and, out there. Right, right. That that sort of that sort of pacing and timing is what keeps me in uh, in Heroes of the Storm. Same same yeah, thing. Yeah. Like I I can load up Q in a quick match, and if I play one of the heroes I already know, it's I'm good to go. Yeah, I, I, I that's that's kind of my my biggest video game issue right now is the fact that I have um you know um Horizon Zero Dawn is still one that I've had since like Black Friday, and it was out old then. Um, and it takes me a long time to play it because when I sit down and I have even an hour to play, it's like, am I going to spend an hour on a game that I'm, I'll get through a side quest or two, you yeah. know, and it'll be interesting and fun and cool. And I'll find the the little trophy at the end, but I won't progress, you know, progress the story, main story any, and I spend an hour or I play Overwatch and I play 10 matches and I get that instant feeling of satisfaction 10 times. Yep. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's and, hard, and yeah. I have the I have the same thing. You know, I I said I bought a I bought a PS4 finally back um, at Black Friday. I guess it's been like yeah. six six seven months ago now. But um, I got um, uh, Shadow of War, the, the yep. sequel to Good Shadow game. of Mordor. Um, I got the fourth Uncharted game, which I played the second right. and third ones of that series. And that third, third I, one's good. I love the third one. And I signed so up for. Yeah, I mean, great, fun, fun games, cool story. Um, yeah. I signed up for GameFly and got Assassin's Creed Origin, and I haven't finished yeah. any of those games. I probably put yeah. the least amount of time into Assassin's Creed because it gets very RPG, like single player MMO level RPG, mm-hmm. really yeah. quickly. And I'm like, oh, there's random loot and 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 stuff, oh, and I just don't yeah. like. I don't. I have the time, but it just doesn't grab me. And I yeah. do still, sure. I do still end up like doing that completionist thing, trying to to go out and do all the yeah. side stuff, and then I lose track of of even what the main story is. Obviously, that's not true in uh, Uncharted because it's not open world. But um, yeah, but you know what? Uh, Uncharted is a really good same, example of it's the same it's kind of thing when story. I when I sit when I sit down, you know, at the computer or or you know, consider if I'm going to go to the computer or the TV where the where the console is. I'm like, do I want to open up that RPG and like? try to remember what I was doing or do I want to queue up a hot smash be in and out in 20 minutes. Yep. Right. And, uh, that's why onto, black onto flag is set on my Xbox mm. now for four years. Oh, yeah. Right. I think well, yeah. 46%. And black flag I'm is the last that game that, that I, the last game that I had that, that I did dedicate time to make sure. And I had, and I had to, I had to like, you know, today I'm spending my four hours that I have off and I'm going to play it all on black flag and I'm going to not mow today. 
You know, I mean, it's <laughs> it had to do that. It was, that was a fun game, and I'm glad that I did. But you do, you just you give up so much to to do it. And and I will say, this has always been my thing since when I was young is that back when I could only afford one game every six months, yeah, I want a game like that. I want a game that's oh, yeah. gonna I can sure. beat it and then I can sure. keep playing. I can do all the side quests and I can enjoy yeah. every minute of it. You know, or maybe I'd have Especially two like games. Final Fantasy. I think they did that real well because yep. I can select all these new classes and see how I can do it this time. Right, right, yeah. And it's secret of mana. Exactly. That re- replayability kind of. was super important. But nowadays, especially even with I just looked yesterday, I had to for the first time my two terabyte drive on my PlayStation. I had to start deleting stuff off of um, because every month I get two to two to four free games. And right. so I, there's no, and some of them are big, long involved games. They're not like little games. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, it's a combination of, yeah. you know, as a, as an adult with a full-time job and whatever other responsibilities, like yeah, right. recording a podcast, nobody listens to, um, <laughs> that you just, you don't have as much time. And as I've said before, we're in an, we're in an era where people are making more everything all the time. My joke yeah. is that I'm pretty sure Netflix publishes a new original series every day. Um, that's not true, I'm sure. But th- right. there, are mo- there are more movies coming out all the time. There are more TV shows, more movies coming onto, D- onto Netflix or, or Blu-ray. And there are more games, more games on every platform all the time. I have a, I have a library of games that I bought on Steam on sale that I've never loaded up. Yeah. And so there, there just isn't time. You know, and there are too many other things to to do and participate in and consume. That's right. before you even get into board games or um, RPG, you know, uh, tabletop RPGs or or any of that stuff. Yeah, there's there's so so much, and and I know that all of us are wanting to do it all. I mean, we all still the fact that we're even sitting here on a podcast right now, the three of us, we have we have interest in wanting to play video games. We still at our age still want to play board games or miniatures and we still want mm-hmm. and, and have a family and build a house and do all of the things that, that we want to do. And I don't think we seem to be the ones that want to give it any of it up. <laughs> I could give up work. You, yeah, I could give up work. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the one thing's got to go. one thing. It's right. That out. How do, Somehow. How do I, I, how do I get hooked up with one of those trust funds people talk about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know that I can see why now people have entourages when they get rich. It's not. It's not because that you know everybody comes to them when they're, they're just. You know what? I want my buddies to hang out with me to play games. Is what it is. So I'll just mm. pay for them to not work. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's only one Powerball winner. They're never from Indiana. It's like very disheartening. That's right. It's true. It's Believe true. it or not, fellas, if if I'd won it big in the lottery, I would definitely uh, pay for you guys to take five years off work. That's. I, I totally would, and then we five years have to play games. I got a better deal with a guy, a buddy at work. I tell him, <laughs> "You win the lottery, you buy the game store. I'll run it for you, twenty four hours. You want to play a game? Give me a call. I'll open it up. <laughs> that way, I just let, that's my job. Let you run a, a new job. Store. Yeah, I say I'll, I'll have you run. I'll have you run my arcade that's in my house. How's that? Perfect. <laughs> but at any time, we got to play Mortal Kombat whenever I say right. Turn all the, all the CRTVs. <laughs> CRTs. That's awesome. Oh, nice. All right. Hey, so we have Bill on this week. And I know that we, we had our listeners uh, say that we weren't going to talk about a specific movie last week when it was, came out in a super hot because we were waiting for, for Mr. Bill. Hey, Bill, did you finally get to go see Solo? I did. I saw it, uh, I think, two nights after it opened. I took my daughter. You, oh, what kind of Star Wars fan are you? You did not go on opening night. I had uh, other uh, it, arrangements. I had to it was the- Memorial Weekend. 
Yeah, yeah. It's no excuse. No, I'm giving a hard time because I think we even said on the show that I didn't believe I was going to watch it opening night, but I did. Just I did. I uh, listened to that podcast when you guys were talking about it, and it was kind of funny. Right. Ge- Geek Scholars was was talking about. The, I didn't think that any of those guys went either. And then you know, I I did. But night. Yeah, it was circumstance because I needed to go see it with Sydney before she left to go to her mom's. Sure. But I wasn't. I wasn't planning on seeing it. Um, does that mean, Bill? You you have been a Star Wars fan for a long time. Still am. Still am. And even after Jedi, you're still. you're last Jedi, you're you're still a fan. You're you're there. You know, and I think you made it through Phantom right, Menace, so yeah. That's the uh, I think maybe uh, not to jump ahead. Maybe that's the reason right now it's doing so poorly at the box office. Yeah, you think so? Yes. Oh, uh, that's that's okay. You're jumping ahead there. Let's 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 okay. come back to that back real quick. Yeah. Um, so. They have me in the bag. Whenever a new Star Wars movie comes out, I will go see yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Unless right. Dennis had said, Dennis said before with the Star Trek thing. I was just listening to our thing last week. It was about how... Don't get yeah. Dennis all worked up start talking about <laughs> This is a Star Wars episode. Well, no, I, I was, as I was walking down, he had said the same thing that, you know, uh, what was it, Dennis? You said uh, if it, about Discovery. Yeah, of course you did. Star Trek. I watched it. Yeah, Fox, Fox asked who was watching it, and if right. so, why? And I'm like, we... We all go and see every new Star Wars. Like, of course, I'm going to watch a new Star Trek series. It's the same. Right. It's the same thing. Right. But but the numbers here on the box office do indicate, and the feeling, if the internet is to be believed in any bit, that the new term Star Wars fatigue is setting in. How do you feel about that, Bill? Um, I don't feel that is correct. You feel that you're just as excited for the, for episode nine to come out next week and you're going to, we're going to have a, a big launch party for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I firm, well now, so I was thinking about that the other day too. Everybody says Star Wars fatigue, but yet nobody has referenced Marvel fatigue. Now granted Marvel's rolling their things out a little bit different, but Marvel's pumping out four movies. Yeah, they are. They're at to a point. It's almost ridiculous. Right. Well, but at the same time, they have a wider catalog to draw from versus Star Wars, who will eventually, hopefully, branch out. Yes, and offer different things to go see. I would say, I would say that I kind of disagree with that because I would say, right around Age of Ultron, maybe a little bit before the the term superhero fatigue, absolutely was huge, and everyone was saying, "Oh, no one wants to watch these. They're going to keep putting out these things." But the difference there is that um, Marvel continued to put out better and better still, and then and then they would turn you and they. Right when you think all superhero things are Winter Soldiers, Iron Mans, and Thors and Captain Americas, then they put out um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And you're like, oh, this is totally different. Yeah, it's a superhero movie. Then they put out Ant-Man. It's a comedy, but it's a heist. Well, again, that's like the catalog. They have a much wider catalog. Right. Than the whole thing. right. And and maybe maybe that's what they were doing with Solo here. I don't want to get too much into that, but that it's a heist movie instead of a... Main category, sure, one. and I think maybe too even the thing when I I would guess that maybe they were aiming for people our age for solo, but half those people like you know it. I have my solo. I don't need to know his backstory. Yeah, you know I knew he was the scoundrel. You know the guy hired for the job, and that's all I need to know. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I twenty I, years prior. I think I think there are a number of factors going on here. I mean, we talked about last week how it's only been what, six months or something since uh, since The Last Jedi. And where even Rogue One was sort of a story about this this mystery period in between and it had the potential to be, um, you know, something new and, and mysterious we didn't know anything about. The new, the new trilogy is completely in, like, 
new future st- future territory. You know, Rian Johnson we don't proved, know anything about proved that you can do whatever you want with the story because it's all wide open. Where this film really is fan service in its truest form, and I'm not—I don't mean that derogatorily. It's just here's a character that everyone loves, and despite what you see on the internet, um, most most people who would say they love Star Wars and who would maybe even say Han Solo is their favorite character don't care about any of these details, are not interested in the fact that Parsec is a unit of, of distance and not a unit of time. Like, none, none of that matters to them. And it released on Memorial Weekend, and it came out like we've had a big movie, I feel like, every weekend since right. Ready Player One, Infinity War, Deadpool 2. Well, there's, at least, there's at least one more in there that I'm forgetting. Um, like Rampage came out and... Yeah. Well, rampage, yeah, and 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 all of that, and so like between film fatigue and all of that, I don't think it's, I don't think it's at all surprising that this didn't pull in the numbers that Last Jedi pulled, and I I think that's fine. I mean, I don't know as far as like whether or not they made money. If they didn't, yeah. then you know, Lucas, Disney, whatever, invested too much in this what's really a niche project. But You're right. I, I don't and, think it means I don't think it means people have Star Wars fatigue or that the franchise is dead or any of that right. kind of internet fanboy fear mongering. Right, and 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 I I want to I want to get to that I want I want to comment on the the why it's not doing well thing. But first, before we do that, something I, I want to ask to be clear. So before we start this conversation, uh, a thumbs up, thumbs down, or just a middle of the road bill for this movie. I'll go thumbs up. Thumbs up. D- uh, Dennis, thumbs up, thumbs down, or just middle of the road? How did you... You started out with like a 10-point scale, and now we're on a 3 I know. We're, we're just doing scale. a yay, nay, is it in the middle? Uh, I mean, between <laughs> those three options, I'm I'm giving it thumbs up. Though, I, I have some I have some questions after you okay. say your piece. I, I'm a thumbs up, too. All right. So, just so we're all... As we're now, talking... Now, are this, we thumbs up because of The Last Jedi? <laughs> oh, okay. That's the big question. Because uh, okay. when I went back to work, the following week, Tuesday, I believe, and everybody, you know, we're all talking about it. Yeah. And people that hadn't seen it yet or watched it yet. Wait, are we said, talking about Jedi or Solo? Solo. Okay. All right. Solo. And I said, I told them I enjoyed it the way I hoped I was going to enjoy The Last Jedi. Okay. I, you know, I wasn't expecting okay. the world. I walked out going, that was really fun. Yeah. That was a good movie. Right. Yeah. Whereas yeah. The Jedi, I walked out going, oh, man, they dropped the ball. Right. You know? Right. What, what have you opinion? done? <laughs> yeah. What did yeah. you do to this? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, I have to be. I have to be very careful that we all rein ourselves in on the last Jedi bashing because I think there's plenty. Sure, I mean, we there's, did there's that plenty last... of that for like eight years. Of we've done that, and we're still going to do. Yeah. It. But yeah, but um, the this one, yeah, uh, had I think our buddy Brian had said like it's too bad that I'm gonna now I'm gonna hit on the numbers topic is uh, the numbers being that Solo has not made so far in the next two weeks. Uh, anywhere near what they had hoped it would make. Uh, it's made just normal kind of numbers. Sure. Yeah. Um, but the, our buddy Brian had said that uh, it's too bad that people are taking their, their vengeance or their upset or their disappointment in the last Jedi out on a yep. good movie. That's the solo movie. And I think pretty much all the random comments I've read about everybody said, I didn't think I'd enjoy it that much or I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. And granted, you still have the haters. They ruined it. You know, it's, it's dead. The sky's falling. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that um, 
I, I don't agree with necessarily with Brian's thing. I don't think it has anything to do. And I, and I, I'm also getting a lot of feelings from people that I've heard and talked to that. I don't think that the low numbers are based on people hating on the last Jedi. I think that's the fanboys, you know, angry thing online with some internet guys who think that that's the reason why people aren't going. And, and I'm not a fan of the last Jedi, but I don't think that effect. I still went yep. and I guarantee you all the haters that hated it, episode eight still went to see solo, even on that first week or the second week. So why aren't the numbers high? I think it's because what Dennis said, nobody really wanted this. Um, they don't need, no, or this way, they don't really need it. You some, know, if some, I can skip some people a Star did. Wars movie, this is probably one I can skip. Yeah, I mean, some people did, but it's a um, it's a niche audience. Just as an example, like, if you, if you travel in certain circles on the internet, you get this false sense of, like, the the domination of obsessive geek culture. And... Think about some things in recent comic book movies that are egregious to those obsessive nerd fans, geek fans. Um, things like um, uh, Bruce Banner, Hulk in The Avengers. Yeah. R- right? Like, because the script says so, Bruce Banner has control over whether he transforms into Hulk. Like to okay. and, and I'm not a comic reader, but as I understand it, to a comic reader that like you undermined his entire character. Right. Right. His, his, whole, check in on his whole like thing, excuse me, is that he can't control it. And yeah. but the the and that's just that's just one example. There are others like, you know, Batman using a gun in in Batman versus Superman or even way back in um which one? Batman Returns, I want to say. Sure. Um, when he has guns on the car and stuff. And it's like, Batman doesn't use guns. But to the... to the, And of course, that's back in the 80s. But even today, um, it's still not... That, that group of people, that obsessive geek culture, is still not a dominant percentage of the population. Right? I agree. The, yeah. the majority, the vast majority of people don't care. And we'll go spend money anyway. That's why Michael Bay is still making terrible Transformers movies. <laughs> right, right. That's why yeah, because, because know, the people who are huge diehard Transformer fans don't make up the population. That right. They're they're not a big enough. Per, they're not enough. They're not a big enough percentage for their dollar to be that meaningful. Yeah. If if they all dropped and decided to boycott all at once, they'd lose ten million dollars, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Ironically, they're the loudest on the internet. They are the, right, the loudest right. ones on the internet. Right. Right. Um, so so yeah. As it pertains to Solo, I, I I don't think that they're that they're haterade hey for Episode Eight or even mine or yours and Bill's uh, affects that Solo thing. But what does affect those low numbers is the, the fact that people didn't they didn't call for it. They didn't need it. And honestly, if you liked um, Han Solo, it wasn't that you liked you know Han Solo and his story. It's that you liked you know, very swaggery Harrison Ford. You liked Harrison the, Ford. The screen. You know, cracking sure. wise. <laughs> Right, and, and, and that's what you th- liked, and yeah. This was this was a movie made for that group. So anyway, I belabored that belabored that point enough. So I think for for all three of us, we we went into the movie with low expectations, and the movie exceeded those low expectations. Mm-hmm. That's that was my experience right. at least. What and you, um, you know what something something I wanted to say real quick on that was that just real quick is that uh, I have seen since Han Solo and Harrison Ford several smarmy. Pi- space pirate shows that have been great i've seen <laughs> malcolm reynolds i've seen peter quill you know the on the screen doing the doing the same kind of character by different actors yeah and while this guy did a really great 
smarmy pirate. He, he wasn't necessarily Harrison Ford. He was just good in his own right, in his own movie. And he was he was definitely solo, but yeah, it wasn't. I didn't need to go see it because it was Han Solo. Sure. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, anyway. Disney's doubling down on it because they're putting out a Boba Fett movie. Yeah, they, they. I've heard they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, okay. I want to say something we'll also, what Dennis. Out. You had mentioned about about it not being the end of the world for Disney. I think somebody had commented. I, I loved this comment. They said Disney will look at the numbers and see that okay, we didn't make money on this. They're not going to say, like, "Oh my God, the sky is falling. Let's stop this. It's halt production." Because I think that's something that Warner Brothers would do. They would mm. destroy their entire DC universe because one bad movie. You know, are, are and they'll you, just are change, you sure? Cancel all plans because yeah. they're up no. to three well, so far. <laughs> True, but yeah. Please, someone I mean, at they, Warner they, Brothers, stop making these movies. <laughs> right. Well, they need Kathleen DC, Kennedy yeah. keep firing people. But yeah, mm. they, they, that's that's right. Yeah, that's true. Well, DC though goes from the the they'll drastically change their course of action. Like you know, one succeeds, therefore they'll give you know Zack Snyder two movies, or they'll or and then one fails, and then they'll just cancel it and reboot it again. Right. Uh, but without bashing them, the way I feel Disney is going to do this is they'll simply say, okay, well. What did we do that wasn't as great here, but was better here? And let's do, they're not going to end this franchise that makes trillions of dollars on just toys alone. Um, Yeah. They'll say, what can we do uh, and take that feedback and into either Boba Fett, Obi-Wan or whatever it might be for the next one, whatever these untitled Star Wars things are. Or something, Um, you take something out of the main trunk, you know, I, um, are we going to talk spoilers? I don't, we haven't, we didn't get a tag. Oh yeah. Um, if you haven't seen so- yeah, li- li- listeners, if you haven't seen Solo and you're planning on watching it, don't want to be spoiled. Pause the podcast, go watch it, and then come back. Okay, welcome back. Um, welcome back. So we got to the end of this movie, and there's this weird scene with Darth Maul, who I thought oh. was. Oh wait, 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 wait. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about what this. we liked about it first. Like, can we do that? <laughs> I mean, that was okay. So, this so, would jump right into the best. So, scene. Sorry, I just wanted to set up the point I was making that you could tell stories with all these other like. Um, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but Askatanu, the other, like, she's a Sith or Jedi or something. I know her from one Ahsoka? of the... Ahsoka? Ahsoka, that's it. Yeah. Um, like, there are all of these other characters in this world that don't affect the main Solo Skywalker storyline that yep. sure. you could tap into with films. Whether or not people watch those, I don't, I don't know. So... Well, um, we're going to find out, because that's what they're giving Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Ryan Johnson, however you want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean he's got three of those up his sleeve. Like, and, and that, I'm and that, to me, too. like if you're gonna hire a director who's gonna do whatever the f he wants with your with your world, then let him tell something way off in a corner of the world and not your main story. Anyway, I don't. We, we <laughs> talked. We talked about last shot. <laughs> we'll I triggered Dennis on that one. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, it makes total sense. Except now, though, that's actually probably more people are probably familiar with Star Wars Rebels. Right. And the right. Clone Wars than so, they are with the original children. So the, yeah, unless but, those yeah. kids were raised right. So the, <laughs> right. So the story, the question I wanted to ask, and this was a sort of reaction that I had uh, coming out of the theater, um, was after Last Jedi, I had a long list of things that either bugged me or I would have changed. I'm like, if they had done this, this, and this instead of the three things that they did do, this would have been a great movie instead of a terrible movie. I think yep. this movie has a shorter list, and that's why I say that you change those things, and this goes from a good movie into a great movie because it wasn't bad. It was, I, I enjoyed it much more than yeah. Last Jedi because there were so many fewer things that I had issues with. 
So yep. yeah, I, uh, I can't even think I, of it. I kind of sprung this question a little bit, but for for you guys, what what one or maybe two things would you have changed if it were up to you, um, Bill? Why to don't make you it go better? first? Um, I would lead off with I didn't need the squid type monster in the maelstrom. Mm. Oh, the Cthulhu thing. Yeah, it, that was not needed. Yeah, you could have. I mean, they had to lose be... that front bit of the ship somehow. Sure, for some right, reason. You know, they could, oh, they could have been <laughs> right. somehow being pulled into the gravity field. Sure, and that's the first thing to come off because that was an yeah. aftermarket piece. Which is, <laughs> which, and they even it said was, he was added, he added, added, Land which Land is Land also Land. great because it ties in to a New Hope when they say there's we found their ship, but an escape pod had been jettisoned. Right. So right, I mean, right. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know that I that didn't, I didn't remember that. Good call. Nice catch. That nice part, catch. and then. um I guess spoilers. I was actually listening to because I was caught up on all your podcasts. I was listening to another podcast coming down to Bloomington, and somebody commented that it, this whole movie kind of changes the way you see Han Solo in A New Hope. In New Hope, they hired him. Uh huh. He's okay. like, mm-hmm. I got my money. That. I'm out of here. He comes back. Spoilers saves the day. Yeah. Or in this one, he's like, I could take all this. I forget now. It's been a minute. This money. super fuel. Oh, super, yeah, the, yeah. Mi- hyper, the mining hyper fuel. Hyper fuel? Hyper fuel? Yeah, yeah, hyper fuel, yeah, whatever. D or the re- yeah. refined and make a bajillion dollars, but I'm going to give you guys a Star Rebellion because that's a nice thing to do. Yeah. And so yeah, he's already showing his hand that he's a good guy. I mean, he right. might not be the guy you want, but he is a good guy. Right. Whereas if you saw him when you first saw and him, you hope, I know he's shady. Hope, I don't know if I trust he, him. What he is, right. Yeah. And if we had seen this solo movie before, a new so hope. So now there's no, like, oh, he's going to come back and save the day. So we know he's it kind of shows us in. That's pretty much the only two things that I didn't really care for. And the second one, just again, I just listened to. I'm like, oh, man, that yeah. makes sense. Mm. Uh, for me, I, I, I didn't mind the, the squid. I thought that um, the idea of the Kessel Run was really well done because I didn't. I, that's something I never thought about. I cared too much about that. He just went really fast from one place to the next. And they made it a difficult thing that was crazy. So putting in this monster made it difficult to get through there that only he could figure out how to do. Okay, sure. You're right. It it was a little superfluous, but it was fine. Um, I mean, it takes $20 million off probably their bottom line. And also, right. you know, they're not that far upside down because all the CGI. <laughs> right, right. That's true. Right, right. Um, that was a pretty big scene. Um, I don't I don't know. I, I, I would have liked to have seen more of the crew. Like, um, like the, uh, I keep wanting to say Tandy from uh, Westworld. Uh, the Fandy Newton, the original T three, huh? T three? No, no, I like T three. No, because she was in there too. Good. No, like uh, Woody's Woody Harrelson's um, his crew. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. I, I liked mm-hmm. them on their run, and they all died on that first go. I would have liked to have them to have been in longer. Story. Yeah, and they could they could have really played those more. I mean, that that's me. That's They'll me just a being a, a movie. Yeah, that's that's me being a, a Monday morning quarterback type thing because I think. Script writers and professionals probably would have could have argued that oh they clouded up the real point of the story of sure, Han sure. in this, but um yeah maybe maybe not make him so goody. I mean he was blatantly good, and I did like him because of that, but it felt mm-hmm. like a little different Han. And uh, yeah, that that's good. That's what I would do is, is, is I change him to be a little a lot more greedier, you know. Hmm. I mean, Dennis. the, the yeah, Dennis, what the would you count- have changed? The counter argument to that is maybe that, you know, something happens in the interim off screen, kind of like whatever happened to Luke between um, uh, 
Return of the Jedi and uh, and Last Jedi to make him such a grouchy old man. But um, for me, I was not a fan of the. I don't know what label to put on here. That's that's not going to be the thing with Han Solo could potentially be explained as in that something happened in the interim, kind of like whatever happened to Luke between Return of okay. the Jedi and Last Jedi to make him such a sort of grouchy old man. Uh, right, I don't right. know. True. For for me, and I and I hate to you know this is whatever, but the the robot thing is L three L three yeah oh the, yeah the was, robot re- revolution was was obnoxious to me like up up there with C-3PO in a way that was just kind of obnoxious. She does sort of come around when that. when she starts like just liberating the other droids and there's chaos here, but it's it's a little bit it reminded me a little bit of the whole casino arc in in Last Jedi. I'm like, I don't I I see that. Yeah. I don't well, it want, seems too I don't they went want, on the I don't want all of this like politics in my you know, what is essentially a straightforward uh um action adventure story that's right. really I don't I don't I'm gonna say kids story and I don't mean that derogatorily. It's just simple, straightforward, good and evil. That's yeah. that's what Star Wars is to me, historically. You know what I, I wonder about that. I wonder if now that now that I'm listening to you say that, I liked L three. I th- I think that I liked her and the actress and the way it was portrayed or whatever it was. I wonder if she didn't take a role and make it interesting enough that you noticed. Well, I, it wasn't, I think they they, they double down on the K2SO. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it's like, right. he, you know, C-3PO had his thing, R2-D2 had his blips yep. and beeps, and then all of a sudden, here's K2SO that has a whole personality. Yep. And then they go to the next movie, hey, let's do another droid that has twice that personality. Right. And everybody's going, what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe you're right. And, and, and because and of maybe, that personality, it no, Dennis noticed it a lot more, and he didn't like that. What I mean, for a point, be. I was like, oh, my God. That you know, sense. I was just like. Right, it's getting a little thin here. Right. Yeah. 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 There, okay. There's an there's an extent that's like, um, Mike, you went and saw it with your daughter, mm-hmm. the movie, and so I'm sure yeah. that that there were elements elements of that, just like, um, you know, Jar Jar or whatever. That's that's funny, yeah. and if you're with someone who is entertained by that, it's kind of infectious. Um, sure. I was sitting next to my brother in law, who's a year older than me, and when uh, when that character starts starts talking and, and complaining and there's the whole relationship between her and Lando. He, he was like, yeah. he's like, ah, oh, this is stupid. I, I, I was with this movie <laughs> up until this point. And so there's, there's a little bit of that. And it probably says something about me that I, I was quick. I'm quick to be annoyed by that character, but I really liked Alan Tudyk's character in, um, in Rogue One. Of course it's Alan Tudyk. I mean, the, that guy could do anything and I'd be like, yeah, that's awesome. You know, I, I will say to, to counterpoint it, and, and I'm not saying I agree with it, but the, the people that I know that are non-Star Wars fans that watch Solo, they're non-Star Wars nerds, I should say, mm-hmm. is uh, they that's that's one of their favorite characters was was L3, just because I mean, she had were, personality. Well, that's what it is. I think actually the reason the one listening to them say it, it was it was because they knew everything else. Like even the most layman person knows that he won the Millennium Falcon from Lando and that's going to happen. And and they know all the stuff that's kind of happened. There was nothing really new here. Um, mm-hmm. And then, except for this character. I mean, the other ones were definitely new. There's Kira and there's, you know, Woody Harrelson's character. Now, did but, you pick up on the fact, too? It's great, I think, when, of course, they put her into the Falcon. And then when you go back into Empire Strikes Back, when they plug 3PO into the Falcon, 
He goes, I don't know where your ship learned to communicate, but she has the most intellect or most interesting dialect. I did not <laughs> know that. <laughs> I didn't. I, was she I talking dirty to C-3PO? Right. We had some talks. I was some talking with some friends about like, like it was the only thing I didn't like was that they put L3 in the Falcon and she never talks again, like in the, any of the movies. But maybe I mm. when, yeah, like, I need to plug you in the Falcon. See what's wrong with her. Uh, there's no where your ship no learned vocal, to communicate. There's yeah. no vocal uh, um, computer interface processors happening that, in there. Yeah, that we know of. In in there was no OnStar on the Millennium Falcon. Right. Yeah, the, well, and, and there's a lot of this. This movie has a lot, a lot of stuff like that. And as a you know fairly casual Star Wars fan, I'm like, okay, I know about the that he wanted in a in a bet from Lando, which I think is from my perspective is a is a deeper cut than than mike you think it is but um really okay there's that and the kessel run and the ship looks different and like the the dice are the dice an old thing from the original because i don't no, remember the dice, the dice are not they original. show them okay they don't just hang in there i mean it's oh, not yeah, like right. you would say this one they, i mean one the first scene 20 with the... seconds of the movie they throw them i'm like oh my god if i had to look these dice the whole time they, they zoom in on those yeah. dice so many times I mean, like i yeah. remembered the dice from last jedi but i don't remember seeing them any time before that I, I think it was bill that told me that that they were they're in a shot yeah i mean you have like, to look hard i think just, maybe it's just a prop four. At some point yeah it's literally just a prop right yeah. and somebody's like are we gonna make a deal about these things yeah so which is funny because in The Last Jedi, it's like everyone who holds them takes them as this is what the embodiment of Han Solo is. Yeah. So I was like, no, <laughs> they, with no one even noticed they were in his dashboard or whatever it was. Well, and that's know? the thing, too. They even say, like, if you zoom in, super zoom in on the originals, like, they're literally the standard D6 pips. But then oh, yeah. when they show them in The Last Jedi, they're whatever. I forget the language so of Star Wars that, yeah. is, you know, right. so they change mm. them up. But like, mm. Right. All right, so before we talk about Darth Maul, which I I read that read that's what you want to talk about, just real quick. The nerd in me is hitting, but I, I do want to run by you two guys. You just just real quick, one maybe two of your your favorite parts, not things you would change. But now, what did you like about this the most? What was fun, good? Why do you want to watch it again, Bill? Um, I really enjoy, like I said, I think all the tiebacks because even, I mean, the part. Okay, um, this just drew to my attention. One of the things I didn't like about it were like, "What's your name, Han? Uh, what's your last name? Uh, I oh, don't have one." And then all of a sudden, some guy you're never going to ever hear from again names him. Oh, Solo, you're Han Solo. You're Solo. Right, yeah, you yeah. Know. That that seemed dumb. You didn't like that. I didn't, didn't like that. Okay, but right, I liked right. how he enjoyed the Imperial Navy real quick. You know, to get yeah. out of harm's way. And then later on, again, that's how he also in Empire Strikes Back he knows the protocol for the flights. Like, oh, if they follow oh, protocol, right. they'll dump trash before they go to light speed. Oh, and right, you're like, yeah. oh, I have no love for the Imperial Army or the yep. Imperials. I can tell you that. Well, there's a reason now. He knows what they're going yep. to do probably because because yep. I think he even said he enlisted. He was enlisted for three years or something like that in the movie. Yeah, right. Yeah, it said three years later. Yeah, three or four years later. I, I, I It's funny. That whole scene I kind of enjoyed that when he was in the military thing. Although he did like defect super fast. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's like, I'm out here. I got to go. But like, I didn't even care about consequences. I enjoyed um, Woody Harrelson's character. Yeah, I mean, I think he played it... This like the straight and narrow, you know, I'm this guy. I'm going to teach you how this works. You know, don't trust anybody. I told you not to trust anybody. Yep, but he yep. doesn't go off the reservation like he does in half of his movies. I'm oh, like, yeah. well, what are you playing <laughs> straight? Holy crap. You know, right, anyway, so right. like, oh, man. You know, I mean, they tied yeah. up the loose end. But I was like, oh. Right. I, I, I liked his double double cross at the end. That was Yeah, was sure. Nice and, and, of course, I enjoyed, you know, the end, too. It was like, well, you know, there's this big score on Tatooine. There's a really large... 
you know, right. air quotes, large gangster on Tatooine. Gangster over there. Right. You know, I think, oh, they're just talking about it. he's uh, a big crime syndicate. No, he's a large. He's a large yeah. gangster, right? <laughs> All right, Dennis, what about you? What did you like? Uh, I, it's it's hard to it's hard to pin down one one particular thing, but um, if uh, if I had to if I had to choose, I would say probably that that sort of double cross reveal. I'm a fan of that sort of heist esque kind of oh no nope, twist. twist. Turns out, you know. Um, um, uh, Kevin Spacey was Kaiser Soze the whole time, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of, kind of thing. Sorry, spoilers. Uh, I, I won't, I won't name the movie. So if you don't know, <laughs> the movie's like 30 years old. So, right. um, that, that like everyone's predictable, even you, like that was a good, that was a good moment, you know, double, right. Double, kid, kid, the kidder kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, let's. Um, Mike, wait, wait, you, I want to mine. To this. Mine. Oh, I mine. Mike did get his favorite. I thought you went there. first. Sorry. Oh no, uh, I, <laughs> uh, they, they, I agree with you, Dennis. It's hard to, to pick it down to one. I like a lot about this show. Uh, the one where I got kind of emotional is actually on the scene um, when they go on the Kessel Run, and it's because my favorite scene of all the Star Wars movies in anything Star Wars is has to do with John Williams. It has to do on the asteroid uh, flight when Han is running away from the Empire and he goes through the asteroid field and they play the Star Wars music. Da, da, dun, dum, ba, bum, bum. And it's all um, it's all Han. It's all him flying through this thing. You know, never tell me the odds type thing. And in this movie, when they're in the maelstrom and he's going through that stuff, that's when they start blasting those themes through the whole time. And all of a sudden I felt like I'm watching Star Wars. And at that one moment, I, this is tying more than all the illusions in the world that his score there, which I don't think he wrote this one, but they used his his notes, tied it back for me. It made me feel good about this movie again. Um, I, I love the Darth Maul thing, which we'll talk here in a second. Um, but I like that he shot first. Yep. You know, you know what I mean? Kind of corrected. Oh, that yeah. That, overt. That was one of yeah. the... I had a couple moments where I leaned over to Phil, my brother-in-law, and like um, when they first go to the the swanky party thing. I leaned over and I'm like, Oh, yeah. she's, she's going to be here. Cause that's still the point where he's trying to go back and save Kira. And, yeah. uh, and I, I of course had seen in the trailers that they have a conversation where she's re- wearing a, you know, formal gown. And I'm oh, like, Oh, this, this, be the this, one, yeah. this is probably where they're going to, where they're going to bring well, her see, back. I didn't then, see it. Cause I, I don't have cables. So I haven't seen any, you know, trailers that are not watched off the internet, but that right. one had the whole Casablanca feeling like, yeah. All the gin joints yeah. and all the universes. I'm like, come on, <laughs> right, right. That, that was it, it. Was good that they that they switched her in in the role that she did. I, I liked at the very end how she ended up not going with him. That that was good. Um, I I the love interest was fine. I still wanted you know. I guess it ties into him well because I want to say him and Leia is the love story of the show, but they don't. We know they don't end up happy together in general throughout their marriage. So. To make sure. Han have other loves and then it not always work out, I guess that's okay. Well, and then too, it's almost even open ended because, you know, let's just say all of a sudden there's a miracle and this movie makes a bunch more money. They right. can have solo too. Something right. happens to her, and then he gets that whole personality of like, I'm in this only for me. Yeah, you know, I've trusted before. Yeah. Or something yeah. bad happened. Now right. it's me and the dog. Yeah, the big walking yeah, car dog. Right. He 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 did get betrayed by her at the end, but I didn't have that Not feeling so like much. he was so sad he was going to go he, cry because he betrayed. Yeah, her he d- he doesn't. Like, mm. 
yeah, he and he's not even he's not even fully fully aware of it. The other moment right. was was as you said when he when he shoots, like he shoots and I, I, I I'm like or cause, even because Hans no, shoots no. first, right? Remember? Yeah, no, no, that's no, no, that's wink, exactly wink. right. Yeah. Right. No, that's that's exactly. And it was it wasn't just a little bit. It was majorly overt that they made. This is the point of the thing. He kills him before you can even finish his it, sentence of anything. You know, I laughed too. It's I like, got thirty uh, guys on that ship, and then takes him. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a couple. Of those I don't really want to see scenes. you ever again. Again? Yeah, Penny, Penny Arcade had had a nice little little blurb about how you know this movie is doing horrible. Didn't you hear that the the actor got coaching lessons? Like, yeah, it worked. Whatever they did, he was great. You know, <laughs> yeah. it worked. You know, something, they switched directors. It's all the same. Sure, it still worked. You know, some something I didn't notice, and I mean, there were movies. There are movies in the past that switched directors and and that worked, and some that didn't, right. like Justice League. Right. But um, something uh, Fox, our buddy over on uh, Geek Scholars Movie News, mentioned in their conversation about this film is that the actor who's playing young Han has a kind of smile or smirk on his face in like every scene, no matter what's going on. And the there are points where this story is pretty dark, but he has yeah. this like almost. Not quite happy-go-lucky, but just like, you know, knowing cocky. smile, cocky it's smile cocky. at all yeah. at all times that really helps this movie in its in its uh, in its tone. It, it doesn't. It, it makes him. You know, it makes him cocky, but it makes him a youthful cocky. Because sure. I, I wouldn't say because I, I know that Han, when we see him older, he's the one that says, "Don't get cocky, kid," mm-hmm. right? Because but mm-hmm. at this point, he is the cocky kid, and it. You're right. That smile and that smirk was there. You could almost tell he was a lot of people's. It's when he got the music played is when he, he gets in the yeah. cockpit for the first time yeah. on the Falcon. He's just on it. And I know? think um, yeah. my, my movie theater cheered when uh, the queen, uh, the mother of dragons got out of the shotgun seat and Chewie hopped in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. There was there was. Yeah, that's right. He, you know, he's like, sit here and he sat down there by cheered. Right. And then it was fine at those two. And they he just starts flipping switches, and they're like, "Oh, the the beast, the monster from the pit that was that was supposed that was a moment where my brother in law tapped me. Like they throw him in that in that cage pit, and he he goes, it's going to be Chewy.' Oh yeah, yeah you, you I knew saw like, that one. Oh, come the whole oh of course, like, that, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Feed the beast, or yeah. yeah, right, right. Which which by the way, Chewy was good. Mm-hmm. I, I almost want to say I like Chewy as much in this movie as any of the movies he was in. Uh, he was. The, the 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 Han talking Shriwook, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm along with that. No, that was dumb. It was, it was yeah, kind of dumb. But but I did I did like I did like uh, Chewie through the whole thing. He was personable. He had a lot of his things. Like when he'd try to run an opposite way, he's like, "No, come this way," and he'd run the opposite yeah. way, drag him. Or along. How do you know how to fly? 190 years old. It's like, <laughs> all right, now right, we have right. an age for Chewbacca. He's 100, you know, or at least probably right, 220, right. 225, and right. And it does make him a lot more interesting because the 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 extended universe uh, story of Han and Chewie is that that Chewie had a life debt to Han, and that's why he was always kind of like, "I have to be yeah, with you." Yeah, they, the end of they the did world. that too because he helped him escape. He did, but it wasn't anything official. And this one, it just makes Chewie a free character that enjoys doing whatever he's yeah. doing with Han, and he does it because of his own motives. Yeah, and they, and, and but they still, mad. they still remember they they tie it back again because in the. Um, the prison escape scene, he pulls the guy's arms out of his sockets. Of course, Grant, he rips his yeah. sleeves off, goes, that was the one suit right. that, or the uniform <laughs> the that could fit me. And then later in New side. Hope, he goes, you know, Wookiees pull people's arms out of their sockets when they, when they lose. Or when they yeah. lose. And then they right. even showed, you know, when um, Woody Harrelson was playing. 
<laughs> that was good. I enjoyed that. When he starts hitting yeah, the table. You can't sweep them off the table. They're holograms. They're holograms. <laughs> <laughs> Think about no, no. what you're doing. Think one step ahead. That was so good. Yeah, right. Ugh. And he does it again okay, versus so R2-D2. Let, I, I, yeah, is, let's, right? let's, let's jump into the ending. So I'll, I'll start okay. off with this a little bit because I have not seen any of what I'm going to call those cartoons. And uh, I'll, okay, thanks, I'll, man. I'll say, I'll say in terms of whatever, like what's what's canon, what's not canon. The Star Trek animated series is not canon, right? Um, so when this movie was over, I had to I had to get on my phone. I know and, he's trying to steer it away like, to Star Trek. Here we go, real quick. I'm That's like, I'm like, I don't know, like what is why is he like the timeline doesn't fit because right it's because it's not in the timeline. Like we're looking at it going, oh, is this. The same time as Phantom Menace is happening, that doesn't make any sense. And so, yeah, that's my that's my thought on that. Like, I that feels like something really niche to me. Maybe those yeah, movies that's... are more well known and and um, and common than than I'm aware of. But for me, at my age, for the amount of Star Wars I've been exposed to, I had no idea that Darth Maul is apparently alive after phantom menace uh yeah it, it, it is a, a deep cut it's it's a super deep cut it's um, as deep as netflix uh it's even deeper than that i think because you have to go back to before disney bought well, rebels clone wars right no it was before that it was clone wars right so um and, and and that's that's okay that's actually one of the reasons it excited me the most is because they didn't say a lot they didn't explain a lot why he's back people who don't watch any of that stuff don't know and they don't need to know this was just a nice, cool, what the heck reveal is this? I don't know. And then if they have another Boba Fett movie or a solo movie or another one of these movies, he can actually be in it and then they can expand however they might want to then, you know. But as for me, who does know his what happened and all the background, it's cool for me to have an, a confirmation mm -hmm. of that. Um, so my, my thing on this one is um, it's really fun. Because Disney has shelved all of the stuff, all of the Star Wars things before they bought Star Wars. They said anything that was Star Wars that wasn't the movies is no longer canon. Just put it in as an Elseworlds fictional type thing and have fun with it. But it's not canon. Mm -hmm. Except for, they said, oddly enough, and it was a really weird thing that people pointed out, but they didn't know why they said this. Except for the Clone Wars, which was not made by them. And they canceled it. They let it run another year after they bought Disney bought them, and then they canceled that, it. Was that Paramount? Who did that? I, I don't. It's Cartoon Network. So there okay, are. Right. So aside yeah. from the movie, right? Episode two was was Clone Wars. Yeah, but Clone Wars. No, right. no. When, when there's I'm sorry, a cartoon when I say, series. But there's yeah, the but there's a cartoon. I'm I'm looking on IMDb, and there's a Star Wars Clone Wars that ran from '03 to '05. And then another probably, one okay. that ran from 08 to 15. Oh, right, right. Those were, I think those were like the little miniatures. I could be wrong, but they had like two minute episodes. It was one of those, oh, you know I what? See. They're going to yeah. they're gonna make, they're going to make, George Lucas is allowing this cartoon anime version of Star Wars to be put out on Cartoon Network in a big special. Mm -hmm. And it's only two minute episodes and they run for like a week at yep. a time. Um, and they were amazingly cool. Um, and everybody loved them. So you have like a whole 10 minute show at the end of all this, or maybe a 30 minute show. All right. Um, but they're all little vignettes and they were really, really, really good. Um, it's right there. That was why the clone, I mean, the whole trooper thing was born and why troopers became such a big thing. Cause in the clone wars, they were really awesome. Um, but anyway, so 
that was really well liked. And because of those little shorts that were made, they said, okay, let's, let's green light an actual series. And they're going to make it with, and it had really controversial stuff. Number one meaning being that Anakin Skywalker had, had an apprentice, mm-hmm. had Soka. a Padawan and that's Ahsoka Tano. Oh, um, I see. Ahsoka. And, and that's hugely controversial. And they're like, Oh, whatever. So the fact that when Disney bought this and decided to keep, a really highly controversial type thing that changed a lot. And in that series, a lot of things that were way different than what you might think were explained. Darth Maul being chief among them. He lived and he was cut in half. And like you saw at the end of the Phantom Menace and he lived, they rescued him and gave him a metal half body that he walked on. And for a while it was like a big spider body. And then he got it to to, to these inverted legs. Like Um, in, um, like in wild, wild west. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so kind of like yeah, a, I remember too. Though, I mean, not to go too deep into it, Clone Wars didn't he have a brother? He did, Savage. Yeah, and the brother was awesome. So the the whole series, Clone Wars, did took some risks and paid off big time. They were so good. Um, but again, they're they're all deep cuts that changed that didn't change, but really modified a lot of things. They explained the Force way better than the Midichlorians do. Oh. And yeah, it, it, right. That's just not hard. But anyway, it, it, the point was, is it was big, it was a lot, and it changed a lot. And that Disney said in a little byline that they would keep the Clone Wars was a weird thing. So the first non-movie thing that uh, Disney p- allowed to come out and call canon was Rebels. And they, they call that canon. And it was watched over as, as canon. Anything that got put into it was really monitored. You know, like, okay, it ha- it, it, if we're going to say it in Rebels, it's got to be okay to be on the big screen. Disney mm. knew that. Um, so when in s- end of season one or the beginning of season two, when a grown up Ahsoka shows up on Rebels was like minds blown for things. Because here again, they're confirming that everything that happened in the Clone Wars sure. is canon. Well, that's what even to we go back to Rogue One and the, the yep. big battle at the end of the yep. movie. Yep. They show yep. the VCX 17 or whatever, the ghost. I mean, it's, ghost. Grand, it's just a ship. They don't call it the ghost. So you see one fly right. underneath the glass bomb. Like there's a ghost, you know, like, yeah. Oh. And they say, they, 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 you hear Captain Sindola, yeah. Harris Sindola, big called Being over the see chopper. And he was, you know, from rebels. Right. So, so, and, and you see those in, in, uh, um, the movie, it's the movie we were just talking Rogue about. One. Rogue one. You see Rogue one, you see these little bitty hints of, of rebels in there, which is kind of mm-hmm. nice. It's a little call out, but it wasn't enough to really tie them into the movies. So is now that- in so go ahead, Dennis. Is is Rebels another animated series? It is. It's okay. it, it, it's the first one put out by Disney. It was about how the rebellion got started. Um, it, it's yeah, it's pretty good too. It really is. Um, and so now in the movies, you didn't just have a hint of a little bit. The thing that makes this Darth Maul appearance so big is that he had a speaking line yep. that you showed his metal legs. It's, this isn't pre Phantom Menace. This is after Phantom Menace. Post after yeah. he came back. It's it's after he's got Savage, his brother was thing. Ahsoka is real and around because she helped. Him. That's why he has his legs. So this just made everything that was in all of those movies or those shows onto the movies. And that means that Disney is okay with that. Further, further confirming my my argument at the beginning of the show that this is. <laughs> This is a complete fan service. And I don't yeah, mean that derogatorily. Like right. that's You're right. that's what it is. It's for a niche group and it yes. and it pulled those those kind of numbers. So and, yeah, and it, did, it didn't even do it just solo. It did it with like clearly the Rebels people and the Clone yeah. Wars people, which was yeah. 
the the production rumor that I heard um, also also on Geek Scholars is that Ron Howard called um, the guy who played Darth Maul in Phantom Menace mm-hmm. because Mark, yeah. like Mark like in, in his car or or so like he was just uh, whatever like there's some funny anecdote about where he received the call but it, like when Ron Howard came on the project he was just calling everybody like hey do you want to you know like you know Ray Park was like of course. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. He loved being Maul. I mean, he he always thought. But and it was Maul. also too though. It was the guy from Rebels that did the voiceover. Oh, that's know, right. So he was the guy that did. Yeah, him. his voice. That was another callback right there. Yeah, yeah. This was super fan service, and yeah. and and as a guy that was a, a mildly watcher of those, it it got me excited. But I get that no one else would know that those little bitty yeah. details. No one. Now, would did get. you see one of the big quote unquote internet Easter eggs? The Mandalorian armor. I, I heard that there was a bunch of stuff in that in, in that, that chamber his, or the, his chamber, the, whatever the lounge. I guess we'll call yeah. It. There was a whole bunch of relics and that were in there that were One of them's the, a set of Mandalorian armor. Was in yeah, there. First, I was even we were talking mm. work. I'm like, which is Boba Fett. I was sitting there looking like I that guy's never moving. Like Boba his boss is Boba getting Boba. his life beat out of him. That guy's not moving. Like oh wait, that's just a slave piece of armor. Then Mandalorian oh, armor. Mandalorian I mean, armor. Yeah, it's Mandalorian, so it's not you know Boba Fett. Maybe it's not Boba Fett, but it's yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh man, I see that. That's the thing is, if if they bring in, if they're allowed, the movie people are allowed to bring in some of the very cool things of the thing, like the Black Watch for from there. There's so many cool stories that you can make about Star Wars that have nothing to do with the Skywalker family or Jedi's. Sure. And the, let and let Rian Johnson and tackle some of those. Yeah, let him do those. Let him do Black well, Watch. You guys go watch it, then have a podcast on. I'll decide if I want to spend. Eleven ninety five to see it or whatever, <laughs> right? Because for years I said George yeah. Lucas owes me about twenty eight dollars for the prequels. Now I'm <laughs> at least Ryan Johnson's on the hook for me for twelve. <laughs> hey, I was there. I saw the glimmer of excitement in your lot and in, in your eyes when we were at Walmart getting ready to to go before we bought like. I don't know, some paraphernalia for the Phantom Minutes, and we yep. were ready to go and in. And then 10 minutes in the movie, is like, I want to leave, but I'm in the very middle of this damn theater. <laughs> <laughs> so I do. I remember your hope for that, oh, that I was movie. It was, was so I was way overhyped, and then life right. kicked me down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, while, while we, right, let's, let's, let's move a little bit off. we got a little bit of time left before we uh, go here. We've got Bill on the air. Uh, something that Dennis and I have been like stoking the fire for for, what, like two months, Dennis, is Gen Con? Okay, and you, you've been my uh, Bill. You've been my Gen Con buddy since it came here. Three, like since the the first one. You're going this year, right? Yep, every year, every year. You got any big plans? Um, did you give the Gen Con backstory? Our Gen Con uh, backstory? Probably you, not. Uh, maybe what, come you, up what, depends on what that backstory is. Uh, so Dennis, years ago, back when Mike and I were younger and full of life and hope. Um, he's like, man, there's this really cool convention called Gen Con in Milwaukee. You know, and of course, being from Indiana, I'm like, Milwaukee? That's a long drive. So years go by, like and Geneva. he's always on me every year. We should yeah. go to Gen Con. We should go to Gen Con. And then I think it was 2003, April, I moved to Indianapolis. And I think it was June-ish, Mike called me. You know, again, this is when he called people on the phone. And he goes, man, right, Gen right. Con's going to be in Indianapolis this year. I'm like, really? So... We ended up, you know, just, I think he went for two days. I went for one. And then we've been going every year since, though. But it was just one of those, you know, 
Yeah, we were almost going to go. I mean, I, I I felt I had you on the verge to actually. Be oh yeah, I think it was even the year before that. I was like, all right, next year we'll go to Milwaukee, and then you know whatever yeah, yeah. college graduation. Bill, was- you you were the one getting me back into D and D at that point, which, which was a, a cool thing that you were getting me back in. I thought, you know what? If if he if he's so much bigger into D and D now, maybe he will. Agree. I think I can get him to do it next year. And then they they came yeah, I was just like, Gen Con's going to be in Indianapolis. Like, really? Okay, let's go. And yeah. so yeah. I'd, I think the first year I went uh, Saturday, he went two days. The following year, I went two days, he went four. And mm-hmm. then after that, he talked me into doing four, and we've done four and four and four. And ever since. They talked you into it. It's funny. I haven't talked yeah, you into Gen Con. Air quotes, talk me into going four. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what about this year? What's your, have you done, here, let's put it this way. Have you did pre-events on this one? Like Dennis, this year, did his very first like sign up on launch day. I always do. I always do. I had my... Um, my wish list and my cart full, but um, I was actually I was busy when it went live. Oh, I feel you. I was there. So that, you know, I got home two hours later. Too. Like, oh my gosh, I got to sign up, and I still got I think half of what I wanted. I mean, I'm not one of those guys that again the internet. Like, I didn't get the games I wanted. I'm never going to Gen Con again. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> right, right. right. Boycott. Half a million people are I forget the numbers now that show up to Gen Con. Half, a million yeah, half those like people half. are running games. If you can't find a game to play there, then maybe they don't need you. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's always the other thing, too. Is like, oh, I didn't get the hotel room I didn't want. I'm never coming back. Like, okay, fine. Then somebody else will get that hotel room and get the hotel room they wanted. But yeah, so I, um, I'm i going, and then the games I didn't want, I filled the slots. Yeah. You know, I was like, hey, this game sounds fun. I'm going to learn a new game. Yeah, right. So I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think what 58 days said earlier tonight. Pretty soon, pretty soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were you gonna say, Dennis? Um, I, you sort of answered already. But when you <laughs> when you pre buy events, are you looking more for like new games to demo potentially buy? Do you do you get into? Um, I know you're a miniatures guy. Do you do tournaments? I do. Stuff I like think that? every every other year I bounce around. Um, it's more of a hey, I want to do all tournaments this year, and then the the following year like. Never heard of this game. It sounds fun. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that. I think that it's hard. It's hard to pin you on on what I'd say that Gen Con is for Bill. Some people, uh, I don't know. Maybe it is for everybody. You change from year to year. Like this this year, it's interesting to see our buddy Pete is is getting hard into some hardcore games and tournaments. Um, yeah. Whereas he he may not next year. Or I know I've done that. Where like it's tournament year, and I see you do that, Bill. Every once in a while, it's like I'm you'll run six hour games, or you're on games all day. And then there's other years where you're in half hour games and you're floating and back and forth between going out to eat and not doing games. Exactly. You know, it just depends on the year to year, but I could never m- tell what that is. And maybe it's just, you know, event scheduling or what happens to come. Well, it's also Gen Con. It's kind of like life. You make, you do with, uh, what, what you're going to do. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, this year I'm playing a few games I'm playing, of course, a Star Wars game, which I'm looking forward to. Um, Running a tournament for uh, Dust 1947, helping out there. Mm. I'm trying desperately to get into a game called Gaslands, which I just fell in love with. Hmm. So it's, it'll be, you know, it's Gen Con. It's going to be a good time. You fight for parking. You find parking. You feel validated. <laughs> you overpay for some standard food that you probably wouldn't pay that much for if your life depended on it, but you're at the convention. So it's a good time. Yeah, we usually go out and and eat downtown. So, like Granite City is an annual. Oh yeah, 
And often Scotty's, though I don't think I made it to Scotty's last year. Of course, there's one in Bloomington, so when I lived in town, we would go all the time. But for my brothers coming down from up north, they're like, oh, we got to do Scotty's and get that. It's like they give away a free D6. It's not yeah, a big like, deal. Really? But yeah. They, they, they have good beer yeah, that there. That whole Scotty's thing is, is. And so does, um, I mean, Scotty's goes hard on the theme, which is which is kind sure, of fun. Sure. The first first couple times, the the servers will be in cosplay or whatever. Well, the um, I want to say, if I remember correctly, the manager of Scotty's used to be the manager of the Ram. Okay. Oh, you know, okay. right next door. And he was, I think, I'll say, I, you know. Well, the Ram, the Ram is also one of those ones that. Sure, sure. Started. But yeah, I think he was one of the guys that spearheaded the whole, like, hey, there's this really cool convention comes. He's a gamer. Right. Say, we should really promote this and change the menu, make theme stuff. And, right. you know, things move on. He changes. He goes to there and he goes, hey, guess what? I did this there. I'll do it here. People show up, right? Yeah, I mean, because again, it's we, a not usually, close. It's a walk. <laughs> we usually can't can't get into Ram, but um, the other thing Scotty's does is if you go inside, depending on how the weather is, and we've done both inside and outside. But if you're inside, they're always showing, you know, some obscure eighties uh, movie, like Princess Bride, or Lord of the Rings, or even or like something, that, yeah. which is a is a perfect opportunity for us to segue into our weekly challenge. <laughs> Oh my gosh, weekly challenge. Mike, Mike forgot all about that. Oh man, here I am. We're going on. We didn't talk about this. We're, okay, we're gonna be, we're gonna be way long this episode. Fortunately, fortunately okay. there are at least three points you're gonna have to edit out where somebody's dropping <laughs> something. Right, right. So we this weekly challenge was a little different than our other one we had. Um, now, now, Bill, you have actually. I know you've actually watched this one, so you can join on this conversation. It's gonna be rough. <laughs> it, it'll be rough. So we had we had uh, uh, instead of our our our. Netflix original reviews, which we're going to take a little bit of a break from for a while, uh, that we're going to start reviewing some old movies and, and listen to them or watch them and see what we think. Sometimes it'll be that I've, I've watched it and Dennis hasn't, or Dennis watched it and I haven't, or we both haven't seen it in a while that we can think about it. This week's was Highlander, the original Highlander. There can be only one. There can be only so, one. So in this situation, I've seen it multiple times. Dennis has not seen it at all. And Bill, you've seen it, but not seen it in a long time, right? A long okay, time. So Dennis long, and I both watched it last week. We watched it again. Uh, let's start with the guy who's never seen it before. Dennis, what did you think okay. of Highlander and the Quickening? Okay, so Highlander, the Quickening is Highlander. So I'll just I'll just list off my hot takes right here, right here at the top. Um, okay. For someone having never, you know, there's no nostalgia involved in this at all. Yeah, but you've heard you've heard of it though, right? It was of course. A part I mean, of the culture, right? I mean, I knew I knew that there were immortals and they were going to have to fight. And I know that if somebody on the internet says the line wrong, says like there can only be one or something like that, you're supposed to mock <laughs> them, um, right? And that it was Scott. I mean, it's Highlander, so of course the guy's Scottish. But right. um, yes, that's that's about the extent of it. And I I had known but had forgotten that. Um, that Queen did the soundtrack, and that's oh, yeah. that's that's the extent of my knowledge. So hot takes. Um, as I said in in the group chat while I was watching it, I'm pretty sure that they used like 80 percent of their special effects budget on sparks. <laughs> yeah, um, they put flint on everything around them, so they the, hit it as sparks. The 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 Queen soundtrack is the best thing about this movie. <laughs> and all right, and it's fairly ridiculous that they have Sean Connery, a Scottish actor, not playing a Scottish guy, but playing 
an Egyptian-born Spaniard. Spaniard. <laughs> oh my. Okay, yeah, it's been forever. <laughs> he, he, like he introduces himself as Mirid, who is a Spanish guy, and then he says, "I'm not from Spain. I'm from Egypt." And like you're, you've got the thickest That's Scottish right. accent of anyone in this movie. Oh, God. I'm not Spanish. I'm Egyptian. Why did you not have him play McLeod? I mean, just have him play McLeod. And and Sean Connery also fights with and I think passes down a katana. And he has a story for why he has a katana. But I'm like, in my mind, before I saw this movie, I thought that the immortals were all Scottish. And that was a thing. They were all Highlanders. Like, I'd never seen it. It's just this. It's just this thing. So... Yeah, those are the those are the hot takes. I have a few more other other thoughts, but um, what about you, Mike? Watching it again for the first time in probably ten plus years, what do you think? Does it hold up? Well, I, I, I I've seen I've seen a lot of movies that held held up worse, but it it can't you can't not watch this one. There's some movies that you can watch, and irregardless of the time it was made, they they hold up okay. I think Star Wars is an example, something that does a pretty good job of still feeling relevant. This one had too many too many cultural things that were just mm. it just really you, you set think, me off and you think it was the, the cultural spot. things and not the and not the effects no the effects because were when i when i think of old movies and effects like i'm thinking of um the original star wars which of course had had its issues but compared sure. to other things being made around that same time like the practical effects and the muppets and all of that stuff still i mean you can tell right if you're watching it if you're not watching the horrible remastered things but um like you can tell but it's still it still works um, well here's or, what i mean was was because, like it's because they were legit sets that's what i hate yeah, about green screen. yeah right. more, there's some more work went yeah. into went into making those effects and then yeah. and then you have movies like um like the princess bride where there are so few effects that it doesn't really matter like the the core right. of the story the basic well, adventure love story is still there well, it was. It's, it wasn't that. That it wasn't the sets, or it wasn't the the effects. What was it? Was things like uh, Connor McLeod, the main character, who mm-hmm. I remember. This is my rose-colored glasses. Him being a cool guy that was awesome and fun is actually a smarmy. I'm going to say it online, dick. I mean, he's just he's a, he's a womanizer who treats her terrible. Every one of his pickup lines is horrible. And she just oh, falls I, in love with him for no reason. That's, you know? that's and, even, and he is that's even more like that's more thought and and like consideration attribution than I would even give this character. This guy felt like like a wooden plank to me. Like he, he no, totally was. He had no charisma, no personality. I was like, who is this guy? Was he in anything else? And there's like he has a a whole list of credits, but nothing that anybody has yeah. ever seen like and, and Connor mcleod is the famous of all the highlander shows because this this show this movie is what was it chris lambert like, or whatever yeah lambert that's lambert, right yeah yeah uh this this movie spawned like four other sequels an entire mm-hmm. tv, TV series show. that was you know well done so Connor mcleod is like like the root of all things and everyone respects him as the the biggest one and you're right it was a wooden plank the, the guy is nothing he was a bad actor bad lines bad writing stuff and so, yeah, that part bothered me too much. Like he, he he sees her for the first time, and he's in a bar, and she's like, he's like, Betsy. I don't remember her name. He's going to say Betsy. He's like, Betsy. And he, she's like, do you know me? He's like, starts quoting some line that she said. And he's like, 
buddy, are you are you stalking me? And he looks at her and he says, Betsy, I'm going to walk you home. And she's, I'm like, he's going to murder her. You know, I kind of need to watch this movie again, but yeah, I kind of don't want to. Yeah, it's, it's so things, bad. Things were different in the eighties. It, it was in that whole time. And then she, he comes up she, for some reason is attracted to him because of it. Right. Comes back into his apartment thing and wants to see him. And, and he's, she's like some trumped up story to where to see him. And he's like, we both know why you want to see me. I'm like, dude, you haven't shaved in days. You look like you're a bum and won't take off your overcoat. You know, it's yeah. It's in, the, in the middle of this, like, like detective mystery sort of story going on, they just there's just a sex scene with nudity and like, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, what was this? Just a thing that they did in the 80s? Where the, well, I guess it's not that uncommon even today. But like, you know, we talked about the um the new Blade Runner movie, which has a has a sex scene in the middle, but there are plenty of like topless scenes and stuff throughout. It's not, you know, it's not sprung on you, but there's no, right. there's nothing like that in the, in the entire rest of this movie. It's just right there in the middle. Like boom, sex scene. Well, that's the eighties. That's the eighties. There yeah. was like, that's yeah. right. That's how the eighties was. I, I I will say this. Let, let's, let's not be a bashing on this too much because I want to, I want to uh, extol the good properties of what, why people <laughs> think Highlander is good. And, and it does have, it does make the point in this one is that, um, the idea of immortals is a you know, since vampires and things like that have been a long time. Right. So this is a, a neat little new, unique concept of it's a storytelling concept that's, that's pretty much not. I don't want to say always, but for the last ten, fifteen years, been very intriguing to me. The idea of a guy or girl, whatever, who has lived hundreds, maybe thousands of years, and they just yeah. have a completely different perspective on the world. It is, and it's neat to see that there's several. And it was it was a really good, like, inspirational thing as a kid or whoever when this first movie first came out of this neat concept that they do explain just enough to get you intrigued about it that there are other immortals. And he meets one that's not, you know, Connor's 200 by the time you're going back and forth between this. Ramirez is 2,100 years old. So this has been going on forever. And there are many more immortals. You meet like three or four in this one movie. Um, and there's a quickening. There's a thing that happens. You don't know what it is, but it always happens. So basically, what makes this movie memorable for most people is that it creates a world it ha- that has clearly defined rules. And you don't know what those rules are, but they're there. You know, so it's just filler for all that. Yeah. And why? A couple, yeah. a, a couple of interesting sort of things I had I had going through it you're fully like 45 minutes into this movie before you get any like exposition at all you get yeah there, there wasn't con- a lot of words right like some, even Connor doesn't some, say much some conversation between um you know the the detectives and the police like trying to figure out what's going on but you have Ugh. no idea about any of this stuff about immortals and the I mean aside from the the paragraph <laughs> at the beginning which only really gives you a very vague sense of it until right. Sean Connery's character shows up, Ramirez, and right. sort of explains all this stuff. And then when you get to the very end of the movie, then you're like, you know, oh, he's because he's the last one. Now he's omniscient or something. Right, right. But which, by the way, is not true. I mean, that's why we have 400 different Highlanders. He's not the last one. Um but so here's something, Dennis. Since I know you haven't watched this, there's a little interesting history of this I want to say 30 seconds on. 
uh, Highlander 2 came out and it takes place, it tries to tell some story about where they came from, that the Highlanders were actually like aliens from another race. Mm-hmm. And it, there's place that takes place on another planet. It's so reviled by everyone who watched it. It's like Battlefield Earth bad that they, mm-hmm. that they just completely ignore it. That like uh, Highlander 2 never happened. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's really that, that kind of level of bad makes no sense. They came out with Highlander 3 and it, like I said, it completely ignored Highlander 2. And just started as if like Connor thinks he's the last one ever. And then there are some um, Asian, like Chinese, Mongol type people who were trapped in a cave. <laughs> like five of them forever. They were trapped when they were million, uh, thousands of years ago. And so, now they're out trying to be the only one. You went one. deep into the Highlander. Yeah, that's what I said, right? Yeah. So it, 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 you went three, and I don't even know what, four or five or whatever. And then um, the, the series, TV series, which... I only watched like one or two of here and there had a neat premise in the fact that it follows a different McLeod from the clan McLeod. That was a Highlander. Um, he does meet with Connor, the actor they do crossover, um, which is neat. Um, but it follows a different McLeod through, through his life. So the whole series is another immortal crossing over with other immortals and explaining a lot more. And there's a whole society that follows the immortals that knows about them and their mm. record keeper. So there's a lot of history and lore to the Highlander world. And that's what, that's actually what makes it all kind of worth it and good is that there is a lore, but the movies themselves, even the TV show, it's not that good. They're just not that good. (laughs) Well, there are a couple, there are a couple of thoughts that I have on that. Just, just briefly here. Um, This, this idea of, and I don't know if there is any kind of, I mean, the idea of somebody being immortal is not new, but this concept of like, this guy is a Highlander and there are a handful of others and they have to ultimately fight to the death for their, you know, to be one remaining battle Royale style. Um, yeah. The prize, right? It's, is it called the prize? The prize. The prize, the prize. Yeah. We don't know what the prize is, but it's the prize, right? But they, they go th- like they build this world such as it is and play out the entire story to him ultimately beating the bad guy. Um, which is something I'm not going to say there are no original stories. I mean, we, I, I went on a rant a week or so ago about, um, people with, with comic book superhero movie fatigue, like there are movies all the time, but the movies in the main stream, the main like big blockbuster movies are all like adaptations or sequels or whatever. And so to an extent, it's it's refreshing to to see that there was a time where you could build a world and tell a story all in one movie, and it was something new. Yeah, um, and it wasn't it wasn't expected to go on. To- the The other thing, which sort of ties into what I've been saying about Star Wars for the last couple months since Last Jedi, is to an extent, you know, to a certain extent, and it's one of those things like sometimes you're in the mood for a complicated documentary and sometimes you're in the mood for a romantic comedy. Like it just depends on your, on your mindset. It was refreshing to watch something where it's very, very obvious who is the bad guy, right? You don't have to see him like murdering a bunch of children or something like, look at this guy's costume. Look at the actor they cast to play him. He's clearly the bad guy, no matter how like boring slash reprehensible Connor McLeod is like, he's clearly the good guy. Right. And that's right. kind of refreshing in an age where every pe- filmmakers keep trying to make more and more Everything like gray. 
complicated, nuanced Game of Thrones style yeah. um, morality plays. This is actually one of those ones that if there's a remake on, they're making everything remakes these days. I'm surprised they haven't queued this one up for a remake, like a complete reboot. Like, cause it's got an interesting premise, but at no point has it had a, like a good movie. For some reason, I tie this franchise to Steven Seagal in my mind. Is that just <laughs> like, it feels uh, like a Steven Seagal one, doesn't it? I, I wasn't sure if that, like, when I saw the credits, I was like, oh, that's that guy's not anybody I've ever heard of. I guess Steven Seagal is not in this movie. Oh, <laughs> right. No, it's, it, he, he could be that guy, though. But oh, I, I, I did have one more one more sort of quip. I I can see now what movie um, Mel Gibson was watching on repeat when he was working on Braveheart. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it does feel a lot like it, doesn't it? There's a lot I, to it. I, pull, I pulled up IMDb because I'm watching these, these flashback scenes of ancient um, um, Scotland. Scotland. And I was like, were these made around the same time? But no, there's almost 10 years between this movie and Braveheart. Braveheart yeah, was like 95, 96. Those old scenes look just like a lot like Braveheart, right? Maybe yeah. it was an intricate boy from the tourism Scotland. department of Scotland. <laughs> as a guy as a guy who was uh, a fan of scotland and wondering about the medieval world of that that was you know, the rare things you get to see highlander was one of them so that was that was kind of cool well what do we got for what do we got for next week what's our what's our next next week's oh week man i i i almost want to back out on my original idea and say go watch braveheart but i don't i don't think that's oh man braveheart braveheart i loved i love that <laughs> bill's movie giving me a note a no-go for braveheart i think if yeah, you guys think, are going I think I'm, 86, you guys should go Aliens, one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time. I don't know if, mm. if Dennis has seen Aliens. We'll, he probably we'll has. You need to give it a good, I, deep watch. I, I, think I, I think I saw it in a group at, at some point years ago, but I was thinking of jumping forward because I know there's a movie that I really enjoyed, quote-unquote enjoyed, when it was new-ish and that Mike hasn't seen, and that's um, the, I that's guess right. I'm going to call it, a psychological thriller, um, Memento, with yeah, uh, with Guy Pierce. I think it's Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce and um, Carrie M. Moss and uh, the guy who played Cipher in the Matrix. Wait, is, is Guy Pierce the guy from uh, Iron Man Three? Yes, I have Iron Man fatigue because Iron Man three. <laughs> Iron Man fatigue. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But he also played. Uh, wasn't he uh, Waylon in the new uh, Aliens? Was he or oh, Alien Covenant? That's right. Yeah, we. we so I'll bring you back to aliens. aliens. We can talk a couple weeks. You guys watch Aliens. Okay, we'll we'll watch Aliens at one point, Bill. We'll have you back on for sure for that one. Okay, so Memento it is. Yep. All right, we're doing that, everybody. Memento next week. I, I won't tell you anything about it because it's a weird one. Yeah. It's, it's a good movie. It's, it's a good watch. Shit. I've not seen it, so I'll, I'll definitely have to set it's the good. time up for that one. All right, man. That's good. We got it. We made it to the all end. Right. <laughs> all the way. All, all the way to the end. Right. All right, everybody. You have been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 41. If you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com there you'll find show notes for this episode and contact forms you can tell us all the stuff we're wrong about if you enjoy the show you can subscribe on apple podcast or or write about 
Um, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and while you're there, if you leave us a review, that helps us out a lot. Special thanks, at always, to our as always, to our good friends over at Geek Scholars Movie News Movie uh, yeah. Movie Reviews Podcast. Uh, that's that's all. Thanks. Until next time. Hey, and thanks to uh, to Mr. Bill. Well, thanks for having me on, guys, and uh, never tell me the odds. Pleasure as always. Never tell Mm. you the odds, right? All right, so this is Michael. And Dennis. And Bill. For the front porch. Night, everybody.